Monster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. This is a, uh, I guess, busy Thursday afternoon, uh, a wonderful Thursday afternoon. It is much cooler outside already, which is yep. uh, fantastic. We're going to have a beautiful weekend, beautiful next week. But also, Matt, there's a lot of stuff going on tonight leading into a uh, just a, a busy weekend. Absolutely. Cool front seems to have kind of come through. Hometown headliners will be happening tonight. Also, I hope it is a wonderful event. As people hear our show on Friday morning or whenever they choose to listen to it, we hope the Three Blind Wines for the DeSoto Arts Council is a, a big success, uh, definitely a, a new thing. Thing here in town so maybe it's something I can continue to catch on and more and more people get signed up as that goes along but I uh, hope everybody had a wonderful safe weekend uh, Derek as we record or hit record we talked about it on our Tuesday show um, we mentioned uh, the death of Adam Tipton the basketball coach for both both the girls and boys for Lewisburg High School uh, passing away late last week and I know that funeral was happening today I know Lewisburg High School went virtual which I definitely thought was uh, an honorable thing to do or the mm-hmm. right thing to do for kids that could attend the the service attend the funeral and uh i'll just go ahead and say this before we go to our advertisers uh we mentioned it on tuesday derek tried to talk about how the ob pod their episode how it was different how it was uh, the title of the episode is a tribute to a friend and uh if you haven't gone and listened to that it was really really neat what zach did basically it sounded like people called a, a number and left a voicemail that's right that's for exactly. adam and that i'd love to be able to leave a voicemail for someone uh you know special to me go listen to that episode again ob pod it is something that is very moving i mentioned it to you derek yesterday i was eating lunch uh, under the shade tree there in my car for a few minutes and i do that all the time and and kind of listen and, and collect myself for the rest of the day and had a chance to listen to that episode and was uh, was quite moved yesterday so a uh, wonderful job by zach exactly like the title said i thought it was a very good tribute to Adam Tipton. So go listen to the OB pod episode from this past week. Just a tough time in the DeSoto County Schools system. Yeah. Um, he was definitely uh, highly thought of, and you hear, you hear that from the voicemails and from the messages that you'll hear on that episode. We just we all want to have relevance and significance and leave a legacy. And um, I didn't know Adam Tipton. Derek, I don't believe you did as well. Not. As a basketball coach, it seems like you played the game of life very well. Yeah. So we want to say that, and, and our condolences again continue to go out to uh, – his wife and daughter as they move forward uh, in their their new life. Um, We need to rally around them and surround them in prayers and love. And I know that the DeSoto County Schools and the Hernando and Lewisburg community uh, will definitely do that. So um, Absolutely. So again, as we hit record right now, that's going to be happening. Uh, thousands of people will be in Isle of Branch at Longview Heights celebrating his life. Uh, just again, in the game of life, uh, he, he lived it well. And so we definitely wanted to mention that here on the UTW Podcast. No easy segue out of that, Derek, but let's recognize our 2022 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County when it comes to residential real estate, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 66 years of combined real estate experience. They're ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They're currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis when it comes to selling your home. Give them your address. They can tell you all about your zip code, your neighborhood, how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're selling, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics that you want from a realtor in 2022. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone at 
901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Put in number of bedrooms, bathrooms, school zones, all those different things that you're interested in. Put them in the filters at teamcouch.com and let the website do all the work. With interest rates changing and different things going on in the real estate market, you definitely want to work with someone who's been here for a long, long time. A lot of closings underneath their belt. Help with lawyers. Help with closing attorneys. I'm telling you, now's the time to use a realtor with a ton of experience. And that definitely goes for Team Couch, a Birch Realty Group. Give them a call, 662-449-1700. Visit their website, teamcouch.com. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. Always good to be with you at the Mobile Cars and Vans Rental Studios. Mobile Cars and Vans located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce right here in Hernando. Cars, trucks, vans. If you're traveling for Thanksgiving, traveling for Christmas, if you're traveling for out-of-town football games, now's the time to reach out because we are booking up fast for the months of October and November. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. If you have an insurance claim, call us. We're starting to get a lot of phone calls saying some of the big companies no longer have cars. We do have them available. We would love to help you and help you walk through the claim process when it comes to your insurance. 662-469-4555. Give us a call, Mobile Cars and Vans. Well, Derek, our third Friday show, we start that with talk of the Auburn meeting. Uh, Derek, let's just say the Auburn meeting from this past Tuesday got a little bit bumpy. Go ahead. Uh, the meeting was 38 minutes, so not a bad meeting. I uh, wanted to go, basically, there's a couple things, a few things before at the regular consent agenda. You had all that kind of stuff. I guess the first main big item was the one that we're going to spend more time talking about here in a few minutes, the speed bump ordinance. Now, Alderman Miller thanked everyone for getting this put together because citizens have been asking for this for years. The planning department and police and fire will now become busier as the requests come in. He thanked the city attorney for pointing out the issues. Kind of there were some issues as they were putting together. Hey, you know, this is what we want the final thing to be like. And the city attorney was like, no, you need to think about this. Or they could come and try to do this. So he gave them a lot of good pointers as they were finalizing it. The ordinance did pass unanimously. uh, And so it will go into effect 30 days from the meeting date. The meeting date was September 20th. Uh, Since September is a 30-day month, that means on October 20th, the ordinance will go into effect. What we're going to do is once we once we review the order meeting, next thing that we're going to do after that is we're going to kind of go briefly through some of the points of that ordinance. Uh, I'll print it out, read through the whole thing. So again, 30 days from now, or 30 days from the meeting, so 28 days from this recording, you could start applying uh, for speed bumps in your area. So, Derek, real quick, uh, uh, citizens need to understand this is not so you're not about to have speed bumps down Commerce and no. 51. No. And the speed bumps are going to come where you have concerned citizens who are sick and tired of 35, 40, 45, 50 mile an hour stuff going on in their neighborhood. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be. Uh, please stick around because there's yeah. going to be some information about the you know how fast the speed limit is in right. an area with speed bumps. Uh, you know, how do you get it? Uh, the traffic counts that have to show up in order to apply to, to uh, qualify for it. And there's some good information, so please stick around. Next, the zoning of the new C4 at Star Landing and Highway 51. Uh, it was having to be revised. Uh, it's currently a single-family residence, but there are C4 uh, properties near it. The project that will go there is going to be a convenience store, so they did require the, the city did require that they um, let them know what was going to be you know, planned on going here. It will be a convenience store. Again, this is up at Star Landing uh, and Highway 51. Uh, it's going to have a uh, the convenience store with two drive-through pumps. Again, it was approved, but there was a revision they had to make on that rezoning. Next was a certificate of development for the area around the historic water tower. 
Now, this is, you know, we mentioned they had to do a title pool, while, you know, while they're having to do a title pool. So the water tower and the water tower equipment, this is the historic water tower, appear to be on two different parcels. There's a developer, uh, the developer, so the building right in front of that, that everybody I think is aware of, kind of a vacant building right now, that somebody's going to look to develop that. They, wants the, they wanted the city to abandon the parcel with the old equipment, basically kind of just deed it over to them. The planning director, you know, that, you know, I don't know if the city will, you know, ask them to pay for it or just, yeah, well, you can go ahead and have it. But the planning director would like to have the city attorney order a title search to make sure that the parcel does not show any liens uh, or encumbrances before this is requested. So, I mean, she's just basically doing some due diligence. They're having to pull this. They're going to go ahead and pull it on both parcels, make sure the water tower is you know properly owned by the city with clear title, make sure the equipment parcel is owned by the city with clear title. And if that's the case, then there'll be some conversations on dealing with the development developer on getting that to them. Next was the food truck ordinance discussion. Now, I also printed this out and read it. We will not be talking about that today because it has, did not go into effect because this was just the initial discussion. I think people have kind of known that, you know, the food truck has been issues here for a while. Not as long as speed bumps, but it has been issued for a while. So the mayor mentioned that the citizens have asked for it, but since there are currently no rules for them, the city mostly does not allow them. Now, there are some instances where they have, but mostly does not allow them. This was an initial look at an ordinance from the city planner, but would not be voted on this week. I mean, he's going to have to kind of take their input over the next 30 days and bring them something back. The ordinance he put together was heavily pulled from Oxford. So the ones that they reviewed Tuesday night was heavily pulled from Oxford. It deals with how sales tax would be collected, where they would go, so where they would be located in the city, what would be expected by the look of the trucks, how long they can be sitting on a property for, you know, have, you know extended a period of time. And the proposal was for the trucks to be located on occupied commercial or industrial property. No vacant lot. So there had to be a building located where the truck was located. An operational business? Yes. More than likely? Yeah. Right. Uh, HOAs could also have them on their private property and could go for at least six hours, but no more than twice a month. So if you wanted to have a, you know, a neighborhood, neighborhood party, shoot fireworks or whatever, outside or you know, just I guess on the county portion of the city, if you want to have them in for like a, just a neighborhood celebration, you could have them no more than twice a month. No more than six hours during those time periods. At that, and that's at one location. So, like, if I'm just throwing this out there, I don't know, like a snowball stand, a mobile snowball stand, you could have it at one house on a Sunday, and then it could move to another place, kind well, of a month. All the, only twice, only two a month in that neighborhood. So that was, I think, Natalie Lynch uh, actually brought that question up. Okay. Are you saying that it can, if it goes to a private residence? Then that only one other private residence could have one that month. Right. They didn't know the answer. That was that's the discussions they're gonna be having how they want that to look. How are they gonna explain it to the children? <laughs> that are <laughs> how are they gonna explain it to the kids? I don't know how. Sorry, kids, you can't right. have your snowball. You can't have yeah, your snowball well, ordinance. I guess it could become a popular thing. I, I guess, guess every so. kid's gonna want a, a, a food truck at their after their birthday party. Good luck with that. Um, on commercial property, it could happen for five days in a row. So again, at the, at the commercial property, it could happen for five days in a row on one property every three months and operate for six hours during those days. That's something Oxford looks at. It would also have to be moved each night. So again, you could have it for a week at your business, but it'd have to go home every night and then come back the next day. Right. There's a reason they call them food trucks. They're mobile. They have yeah. cars. If you want to build them, we'll talk about that. You can go through a whole other situation there. But, that is correct. Um, yeah. For industrial sites, it's a little different. The five days is the same. Has to go home every night is the same. But for industrial sites, they would allow it to operate for ten hours, especially those plants that are twenty-four hours a day. Right. Exactly. So they could, you know, people at night could still go get them too. Only one vendor per location. The city-sponsored events are exempt, of course, because they've already they've already been having them anyway. And there's usually multiple ones. There would be permit fees required. 
sales tax would have to be paid to Hernando. What they've noticed right now is a lot of times the food trucks coming out of South Haven, come out of Memphis, will come down to Hernando. They'll sell their wares and they actually pay their sales tax back to the city where they are located. Yeah, sure. So they're not paying it to Hernando. It would be changed where they would have to be paid to the city of Hernando. Alderman Piper said that he wanted to make sure the rules for the food trucks are as much apples to apples as possible to brick-and-mortar restaurants. Absolutely. So that you do not want to put other people out of business because those people have invested money, capital, taxes. And so he wants to make sure that they're not – you know, negatively affected anyway. So as strict as we are for our restaurants, we need to be as strict for the food trucks. So again, there was no motion. Basically, they'll, they'll negotiate back and forth. It sounded like they wanted about 30 days to discuss this and then have the city planner bring something back. I might would be even more strenuous to a food truck because people that have you know bought property or, in the, you know, there, there's restaurants that have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for a brick and mortar situation. And then a food truck, if it doesn't go well on one corner, can move to another. That's right. Pretty easily and quickly. So I would probably be more strenuous for the food truck because no offense to anybody listening, Hernando's kind of okay without food trucks Yeah. right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, it's kind of a – just saying. Can you also make note, we do not need a Mexican food truck. We have enough Mexican restaurants where they're probably, let's, let's get a little variety. Now, there's a lot. Oh, you food mean truck. a truck that serves Mexican. Oh, yes. got it. My bad. Yes. My bad. So I, like a, you know, I just want Mexican to clarify, you meant a truck that no, serves I, Mexican. No, okay, I'm, got not, it. Okay. I'm sorry. No, not Mexican people. <laughs> Mexican food, food truck. There should not be okay. a Mexican food, food truck. We, we have enough of those. Okay. So we need, if you know, you're saying that we are doing pretty well, variety. If you can offer us a food truck with variety, probably going to be a little more lenient. Right. Like if, you're, if you're bringing some of the type of food down to Hernando, uh, that may be welcomed. Right. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Next uh, on the agenda was a presentation for the Band Boosters Flag Program. Now, I did. I think I admitted talking about this. I, I thought it was like a one-line item thing, but actually it turned into something a little bigger than that. I guess what they were kind of asking to do kind of fit into a, a whole other uh, bucket that the city is actually looking at. So the band places American flags – uh, on people's property who donate for every flag flying holiday. So in other words, Matt, you know, you could say, uh, I would like to donate to the Band Boosters Fly Program. I'll give you $100. And for that $100, every flag flying holiday, they will come and put a flag on your yard. So that's something that they do. They have, I think they said they had over 100 people in the city that currently do that. And so they were going to the city saying, we want to do that for the city. So they were asking for the city to be a yearly subscriber for $5,000. And you're like, oh, that's a lot. But for that, the band would place a hundred flags around the city every year on things that the city owns, from poles to city properties, and also they would store the flags for the city. Sure. So the city, and then he said the city currently does 80 flags on three holidays. What they're saying is for that $5,000, we'll do a hundred flags for six holidays, and we will store them for you and, and buy you brand new flags. And your employees can go do something else, but then then deal with flags. That's right. They can also. 100%. So what we're paying, you know, paying the fifteen dollar an hour uh, city employee, yes. you're pulling them off the grass yes. cutting to put the flags. No more. Done. It will be paid by this. So the the five thousand dollars would buy new flags, increase the number of flags, increase the number of holidays to six, and all labor provided by the band. Alderman Miller said, "Hey, look." My, my kids play in the band. I'm a huge supporter of the band. thought it was a great idea, but he wanted to see if it could be tabled until they receive all the costs. So the mayor is putting together a cost from every entity that has asked for a donation, uh, and the, including the veteran flags program. You know, there are other, you know, the ones that had the banners that they're talking sure. about doing for the first time this year. There was some city cost in that. Oh. 
So he wanted to see every breakdown, bring it back to us. So the mayor said, you're going to have that at the next meeting. So at the next meeting, he's going to have a breakdown of every nonprofit that's asked for some type of donation. And then they can say, we'll do this one. We'll do this. You know, And they've sure. got a bucket of money. I, I don't remember how much was in the budget. I wish I had remembered that number. But there's a, let's say it's $100,000. Right. Probably too much. Let's say it's $50,000. We'll say, okay, how are we going to split this up? This band proposal will be considered as part of that. So the mayor will be next to the agenda. So that will be a topic we cover in October. So that one I had omitted from kind of mentioning to you on Tuesday. One that I did mention I thought was going to be a huge deal was the budget amendments. No discussion. It was uh, just very small, minor things done, literally just make a motion, second, approved. The last couple things, the Jaybird water plant bid. So the Jaybird water plant bid came in. The low bid was Cleveland Construction Company for $1,153,042 was the base bid and an alternate bid for the electric equipment. And so, you know, that's, so that, this is talking about the improvement, the, uh, uh, the increasing going from like one line to two to, you know, we're at 100% capacity on the Jaybird now to try to take it. I think it's going to knock it down 20, 30%, something like that. And they also had to buy additional electric equipment because what they found out is, okay, if we put this new line on and we flip it on whenever we have to turn it on, uh, there could be some dimming of lights in the houses that are close to this. Hmm. So that's something you do not want so that the electrical equipment is going to prevent that. So the uh, time frame to do this, to complete this, will be nine months. This will increase the water capacity for the east side of town, and they are requesting the ARPA funds to match it. Of course, the, the lowest and best bid was approved, assuming the ARPA funds are received. And then finally, the comment was made, Matt, at the end of the meeting, that the first phase of the soccer field paving will be finished by Friday. As soon uh, now, I was I, I watching this. They, they, I think they, they called a special meeting last week. That's right to approve this, get this done. And the gentleman who said that he can pave it said, "Hey, I can get started like right well, now, and the weather looks great to do it." I was I was I had watched this yesterday uh, evening. I immediately went out and drove out there and looked at it. Um, That's good, and it is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, they have got it. It is as you go in to the right, past the concession stand, right. all paved, Huge. all curb and you know gutters, and the only thing that they had. Le- looked like they had left to do they had like little uh they spray painted little stripes so it looks like they are going to like actually stripe stripe it it, stripe it but they were kind of marking where the stripes are going to go so i'm assuming they're doing that today because they said they will be finished by friday so i i'm going to go on air i cannot thank the city enough for for, this is the first phase there's you know three or four more phases of this this is the first phase it'll still have to go to the north still have to go further to the south and then around to the smaller fields but cannot express to you the, the, the thank you to putting this in for all of the players out there for the you know hopefully starting to host a little mini 3v5 rec tournaments that sort of thing this is going to go a long way to allow that to happen so thank you to so much to the city you know Derek, i joke all the time about uh, examples that uh make sure i do not ever run for alderman um food truck discussion <laughs> Speed bump discussion, <laughs> uh, flag day discussion. Uh, I can guarantee you that, uh, yeah, this is a very short meeting, but it was long enough to remind me that I'll never run for alderman. So thank you to those that have. I can't wait to get out there and see the soccer fields. I know it's going to be great. The soccer uh, paving, I know it's going to be wonderful. And, um, you know, it's a long time coming. You worked very hard on that uh, for the last, probably last decade of that. So it is in phases, but we're slowly getting there, and the soccer complex is uh, coming together. So really excited about that. Very excited. And, Derek, as you mentioned, we're we're going to go a little bit deeper into the speed bump discussion, the speed bump ordinance. You're going to read some different things, so hit us with it. Usually, we, we try to you know find one or two other topics that are applicable to the city or to the county, but wanted to instead. There's there's not really a lot going on um, that really affects Hernando, so but this does, and I wanted to kind of read through the uh, 
ordinance for the speed bump. So this is printed out from the city. Uh, it was sent uh, to me uh, by an alderman. And so this is directly what they, there was no changes made during the meeting that night. So this is what will has passed and what will, you know, you can start working on again uh, on or after October 20th. So the application process, you can request for installation of speed bumps is initi- initiated by a written request for a speed bump study. The written request shall be made to the director of planning for the city and shall identify the specific street segments of concern, such as Street X between Street Y and Street Z. A request for a speed bump study should be from a neighborhood association or group. However, if one does not exist, individual homeowners or business owners may request for studies. Any speed bump study request should be made in writing to the director of planning for the city of Hernando. Written requests for speed bump studies will be addressed in the order which they are received. So, again, there may be a lot of applications sure. hitting it on you know, the 20th or the 21st. But, again, you mentioned not a personal person. It's it has to be It can be if... It is found that there is no association available. Of that, okay. Right. So, like, if it's a, you know, I can't imagine, I, I really can't think of it, but it does, I guess, at least a little caveat in there. Say, look, if, if you're not part of a of city, you could do it as an individual, but I, I would imagine that'd have to be very few and far between. Um, now, the street segments that do meet the criteria must be approved by at least 75% of the residences within an identified impact area. And that impact area shall be the segment of the street where the speed bump is proposed. So if you say on X Street between Y Street and Z Street, you have to have 75% of those businesses, residences, whatever it happens to be, sign off on your petition that you do in writing to the city. And then that has to be notarized saying you have to, you yourself, whoever is the one taking on the, uh, I guess, you know, getting this done, would have to then be notarized that you saw all 75% sign it or more. So uh, I am shaking my head yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the approved street segments will be placed on a list for installation of speed bumps. And again, the speed bumps will be installed as funding is available. So now who is eligible? A notarized verification statement from the contact person, like I said, confirming that the signatures of the speed bumps are valid and represent at least 75% of the homeowners or business owners in the impact area. The street shall have a regulatory speed limit of 25 miles an hour or less. So right there, you just cut out a lot of streets in the city. They have to be, like the, the stated speed limit has to be 25 miles an hour or less as determined by the city ordinances in order to even request a speed bump. The city will conduct eligibility studies for speed bumps after a qualified request has been made subject to review by the planning department, the police department, the fire department, and the Public Works Department of the city. And if the application for speed bumps meets the eligibility requirements of this ordinance, it shall then be placed on the Board of Aldermen agenda for approval. To be talked about, not even approved. Yeah, to be talked about. That's oh to be talked gosh, about approved. This is, wow. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, so what are the project approval criteria? To be considered. This is, this is, all right. So first of all, it has to be 25 miles an hour or less already. To be considered, the 65th percentile speed along the street must exceed the speed limit by at least 5 miles an hour out of 100 vehicles traveling on a street in a day. 65 of the 100 would have to drive 5 miles per hour over the speed limit or more. So, again, if it's 30, if it's 25, you have to, you have to show, they'll, they'll come put a camera, you, you send in your request, you have it notarized, the police come out, put up a camera, or the, the, the speed, you know, measuring your speed limit, and 65% of the cars out of 100 going down that road would have to be going 30 miles an hour or faster. 
in order to, to again to for it to be considered uh for that hey you and i live in the same neighborhood lives just streets down i don't think we i mean i know it's frustrating as what well. we sit there and watch people speed i don't even know if we qualify for what I, you just I'm, said i'm gonna have to start I'm, i mean again, as frustrated as we days. are right yeah. as frustrated as we are i don't even know if we qualify for the stuff that you you just described because i mean you know are um, people going 30 miles an hour right, or well, the 65 percent um, of the 100 cars yeah it well sadly it doesn't take that it doesn't it takes one car to be going 75 miles an hour down our street to do something really terrible. But, wow, this is – Yeah, now, whew, yeah, now is something that could jump that, though, it says the street must – now, this is where I was like, okay, we do definitely not qualify, but there are some, I guess, some caveats. The street must have had three or more speed-related accidents within the go. last three years. Okay, all accidents must be considered speed-related accidents. Or – so I was like, man, there better be an or, but there is an or. Or – Traffic volumes on the proposed street must be more than 150 vehicles per day, but less than 2,000 vehicles per day. I would say that yes. our, our ours would do that, and I'm thinking of other neighborhoods too. Or, in addition to these requirements, the following is a list of special conditions that may be considered by the city in approving of speed bumps. Schools within a 1,000-foot radius of the project street. Special pedestrian generators within a 1,000-foot radius of the project street, such as libraries, parks, or neighborhood shops. Or the absence of sidewalks on the project streets. Now, so that's kind of so. There, there's what you're. You know, when you're thinking about if this is what you want to do, it's a lot. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's a lot. So the installation they, they, they make you earn your speed bumps. Oh, you're going to definitely earn the speed that. bumps. Wow. Speed bumps. They'll be the projects will be prioritized on a citywide and funding basis. The cost of the speed bumps will be paid fully by the city. The approved speed really? bumps. Really? That's really? Yeah. Oh, okay. City will pay, See, the I city will put them in. more of an HOA type thing. The city will put okay. them in. Uh, the approved speed bump is 20 to 30 feet in length, and the top of the speed bump shall be 2 to 3 inches in height. Uh, the speed bump placement is in the discretion of the city planner, but they'll be placed usually 400 to 700 feet apart. On single short blocks, you know, anything for 300 to 800 foot block would only be one. If it's 500 to 1,000, it could be up to two. A speed bump shall not be located in front of a driveway or within an, an intersection. Speed bumps cannot be within 300 feet of a traffic signal, stop sign, or yield sign, or within 75 feet of an uncontrolled intersection. So, Matt, they have thought about this thoroughly. They have taken some good input from Olive Branch, from Oxford, and other places. And, yes, if you want speed bumps, you're going to really have to want a speed bump. You think the city planner is, like, uh, thinking of his, looking to see if his old job's still there? <laughs> Dealing with some stuff like this. Wow. Just if a year from now your neighborhood has speed bumps, you absolutely, uh, you earned yeah, it. Please, please thank wow. your board. Absolutely. Please thank your president. Which Derek is please thank, please thank uh, anybody. If, you know, whoever happens to be in your neighborhood, whoever got it done, and, you know, again, 75% or more wanted it done, please, please thank them because it's going to be a lot of work. Derek, I do want to read real quick. I do want to read something from, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Fox 13 uh, Memphis came down okay. and uh, got a little bit of information about the speed bump. So uh, I, I did. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me they scooped my story? They scooped your story. Uh, yeah, they came down. They wanted to hear about that. Maybe terrible. they Maybe they were having a slow day. Maybe uh, Memphis said, um, yeah, maybe the crime spree's in Memphis. It's <laughs> they have one day. day without a right, murder. Exactly. Okay. So um, anyway, I'll just read this quote. And I think this is a, let's see, this is a, uh, North Mississippi's, which maybe that means she didn't live in Hernando. I don't know, but she, I know it's recorded in, Hern in Hernando. But her name is uh, Sheila Daniels. Uh, doesn't hey, give Sheila. an address. Doesn't say oh, she oh. lives in Hernando. Oh, Sheila. There you go. Great song. Great song. Great great song. song. Uh, her quote, and I'll read this uh, from from Fox 13 Memphis. They fine as long as they ain't too bucky. <laughs> <laughs> but if they are too bucky, you know they make you hop when you run over them. I don't like the kind. I like the ones you go over easy, cool, 
Miss Sheila Daniels said, uh, looks like she was uh, interviewed for a couple of uh, what, what she thought about the ordinance. Didn't like again, didn't say she Bucky? lived in Hernando, didn't give an address or anything like that. Didn't say she lives in Hernando, but uh, to Bucky. All so, right, so I don't know. Okay, so I don't know. Okay, was it was she meaning bumpy? See, I thought she might have meant bulky. Okay, bulky, but, but if she means bucky, so like a horse buck, like a, a horse is bucking you. So real quick, and, and look, podcast listeners need to understand, I did ask Derek if I could do uh, this quote in a different voice, but uh, Derek said, no, you just have to read it. You got to be fair to Miss Sheila Daniels, whoever she might be, and you got to read it that way. And, and yeah, it says right here, Fox 13 Memphis, they fine as long as they ain't too bucky. Bucky. <laughs> Um, I, I guess maybe she means like if you're getting bucked off a horse. I guess if you jump, yeah, buck, yeah, buck off a okay, horse. I okay. think maybe I, I don't know. But um, anyway, Miss Sheila Daniels, I hope you're having a wonderful day, and uh, that's her opinion <laughs> on the speed bump ordinance. So Derek, again, I joke around. Uh, I, I know a lot of the aldermen. I've enjoyed um, covering them over the last year or two. Um, so we're now a quieter city. Yes. We're trying oh. to be a a slowed down city. Yes. Uh, man, we're just Mayberry. Here we come. Well, I mean, well the, I mean, there are some good things out of this. You don't have to worry about commerce because commerce is 35 miles an hour. Sure. So you don't have to worry about speed bumps on commerce. Uh, obviously, anywhere around Mackinville or anything like that. Those are all over 25 miles Got an it. hour. So this is really restricted to neighborhoods, maybe the historical area of Hernando, Elm Street, that sort of thing. That That's going to be 25 or less. So it's that's mainly what it's going to be in. It will. There may be some cut-throughs that you're using right now that maybe you'll think twice sure. about. Uh, so there, there may be some good come out of it, but nobody wants them being too bucky, man. Right. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Definitely don't want a too bucky speed bump. No. Absolutely no. not. Thank you to the Board of Aldermen, all those people that have to be there on the first and third Tuesday, the police chief and the planning department and all those heads of the, the departments that are now have to going to be a little bit busier. You know, Derek, I do joke sometimes on this show. Derek, how did we get here? How are you and I sitting here? <laughs> There are there will be some firefighters who will think to themselves, <laughs> "My God, how did we get here? How did we get let, here?" Let me measure from this yes. fire hydrant how yes. close the speed bump is going to be. Yeah, let's. Yeah. let's oh, wow, Whew. a lot of stuff going on in the city. Uh, definitely uh, appreciate you uh, watching those videos, covering that for us, and enlightening us uh, in that. Well, Derek, uh, fall is here, uh, and I'm not going to call it fall today, Derek. What I'm going to do is it, it is now leaf season. Mm. Leaves have begun. I mean, to it fall. is the first day of fall. It's the first but day of fall. Also. It's the first day of fall. Walked outside my house yesterday. Leaves all over my car. Yeah. It's that time of year. Leaves are falling. Leaves are going to be in just yards. They're going to be in your gutters, all that different stuff. And if you need help with that kind of project, if you want someone to help you with your leaves over the next 60, 90 days as we go in from fall into winter, you're not going to find a better person that can come out and help you remove those leaves, keep your property looking top notch. Of course, I speak about our longtime sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's, as I mentioned, leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, grading of your property, any project on the outside of your home or office, Richard's the kind of guy that you want to be involved for the future of your project. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. You can find more information at his website, williamslawnmaintenance.com, or you can learn more each and every day on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, leaves are starting to fall. It's that time of year. Please consider jumping ahead of it, calling Richard, and letting him help you this fall season. Again, Williams Services. Well, Matt, something you don't want to fall 
and that is the teeth out of your head. And somebody that can help you with that is DeSoto Family Dental Care, which has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. The office is designed to provide a safe and comfortable atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit the office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Middle of our Friday show always brings us to the DeSoto County shout-outs. We like to mention some things for nonprofits and different events going on, first off mainly in Hernando and then uh, a little bit wider out into DeSoto County. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Hometown Headliners is beginning to wrap up. Uh, last night they had the Southbound Band right there on the Historic Square. And this next Thursday, the final Hometown Headliners will be the Rustin Haven Band ready for you right there on the Historic Hernando Square. Thank you to the Chamber of Commerce for continuing to put on the Hometown Headliners. I hope it's been a wonderful 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 event and it looks like the weather's about to kind of snap so it might be a great time to get out next thursday podcast listeners before we turn our attention to our next shout out don't forget this weekend should have mentioned already my apologies water tower fest right here in hernando a little bit smaller uh, a fair type style uh, thing that we're going to have and also going to have live music from seven to nine going on on saturday on the historic hernando square it's going to be an awesome awesome event water tower festival for 2022 do not forget to get out and uh, and enjoy that but Derek, as I mentioned, once we turn the calendar from September, October, something happening on October 1st right here in Hernando. What you got? Uh, it'll be the Noah's 5K. The Noah's 5K will be next Saturday, October 1st. The race will start at 8 a.m., so you want to get there before that. Uh, you can go uh, online and look for Noah's Gift 5K. Noah's Gift 5K. Type that in. Go ahead and register for that event. Uh, you get a wonderful T-shirt. Of course, it's going to a wonderful cause. Uh, and that race will start at 8 a.m. next Saturday. Uh, all of the proceeds will be going to uh, the Noah's Gift, uh, which is kind of a, a smaller version of Make-A-Wish, where they try to find an underprivileged child or, or a child that would not be able to maybe to take a, a vacation, that a really an outdoors vacation they want to take. And so they really really do a great job supporting those uh, children who are wanting to maybe take a, one of the vacations that Noah would have wanted to do. So just a, uh, a wonderful thing. Again, next Saturday starts at 8 a.m. at the Maddox Foundation right there just off the square on Commerce Street at the Maddox Foundation. It's a great 3.1-mile loop, take you back to the Maddox Foundation, and just have a wonderful party after the race. So again, next Saturday. Wonderful event, Derek. Just a wonderful human being from all the things I've seen. Uh, you know, Noah Costa, great way to honor his memory and uh, get people out to uh, do things, uh, both exercising and the money goes towards uh, those type of events, uh, those type of things and experiences that Noah uh, enjoyed to have. The following week, Derek, back-to-back weeks, October 8th, Water Tower 10K, longest race in Hernando each and every year. Uh, all the runners, pay attention to what Derek's going to tell us about. October 8th, right here, kicking off early Saturday morning. What you got? Uh, this is going to be final races online. You can go to wastesonline.com, uh, register for the race. This is a wonderful event. All this goes to the Excel by Five. Uh, Excel by Five, the Dolly Parton Foundation, which tries to give a book uh, to, I believe it's uh, – by the first grade that every child would, ha- would be able to receive a book. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful thing that uh, foundation that she does. And this is the fundraiser uh, that the city does for that. Uh, it will start at 8 a.m. on October 8th. This is a tough, tough 10K route through the city. 
uh, and it is a, usually beautiful. This is a, probably the largest race by, uh, in Hernando. Usually around 500 people are running this race all the way from Memphis. Uh, Arkansas come up for this, and people from Batesville come up for this. So it's, it's a known race. Uh, people are you know training for the St. Jude Marathon. This is a good kind of a training race for that. Uh, so again, Saturday, two weeks from uh, this weekend, Saturday, October 8th at 8 a.m., and after that, a wonderful after party on Panola Street. They'll have uh, pizza, donuts, beer, uh, anything, uh, Cokes, water, Gatorade, anything you want. And plus, the uh, age group winners will receive wonderful Hernando pottery uh, as their prize. So again, if you want to register, go to racesonline.com, register for the race. You get a wonderful yellow tech shirt, long sleeve tech shirt, wonderful medal to go along with it. Every finisher will get a medal uh, and hope to see you out there on Saturday, October the 8th. Mentioned earlier, the Three Blind Wines taking place tonight at the DeSoto Arts Council. But uh, the DeSoto Arts Council is going to finish up our DeSoto County shout-outs. Derek, tell us about that event coming up for them. So the same day as the Water Tower Festival, this starts at 10. So once you finish the race, you can have your, your libations, have your after-party drinks or food, and then head on over to the Arts Council. They're having their yard sale. Yart Y-A-R-T, stands, it's a shortened for yard art, so they, they shorten it to yard, so it's a sort of a yard sale, it's a yard sale. Uh, they're going to have that uh, at the Arts Council. So basically what it is, they've taken all the things that have, uh, you know, all the artists, all the local artists bring their things, things that maybe they have, um, you know, had sitting out, have not been able to, uh, you know, either sell uh, some shows that they've been to, maybe some shows have been canceled, some leftover stuff. They're going to bring it there, and it's going to be marked down. It's going to be slashed down. We're talking about it's a, it's a yard sale, so it's going to be kind of like a garage sale type thing. So if you're looking, if you kind of eyeing something in the Arts Council store, maybe there's an artist that you like there that you want to see something, they, they're going to have it severely marked down. Please go there. All the proceeds, of course, will go to the Arts Council, but they're great way to give back and also maybe find some really good deals it's not yard art like something you put in your yard it's actually just art that's for sale in the yard so again please come over look for the tents around the uh, arts council and uh, it'll be the same day as the water tower 10k Two great events going on on Saturday, October 8th, the Water Tower 10K, and then another wonderful event by the DeSoto Arts Council. Get over there and enjoy that. Look, we do this every Friday, DeSoto County shout-outs. If you are a 501c3 or if you are someone trying to uh, bring a little bit more attention to your local uh, event, please consider emailing us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com about your event, and we'll do our best to uh, help you spread the word when it comes to things going on right here under the Water Tower. Are you a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance? Holland Insurance wants you on their team. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. Holland Insurance represents some of the largest companies in the world when it comes to property, casualty, health, life, and auto. Companies like Nationwide, Kemper, Liberty Mutual, Delta Dental, United Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Those are just some of the 60 companies that Holland Insurance represent. Located in South Haven, but ready to serve anyone in DeSoto County, call them at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Call Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland and their team. Give them your budget. Give them your needs. Call the insurance company that listens. 662-895-5528. Holland Insurance podcast continues to be brought to you by our longtime seasonal sponsor the hernando farmers market it's a place to shop it's a place to gather 
But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh, local experience. Gia Matheny and her team transform the historic Hernando Square each and every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's 8 to 1 every Saturday morning on the historic Hernando Square. They transform it to one of the best farmer's markets in DeSoto County, one of the best farmer's markets in the Mid-South, I guarantee it. With over 50 vendors, including Big Acres Farm, Coffee Central, Abney's Handmade Crafts, Jones Orchard, Miss Pat's Homemade Pound Cakes and Yeast Breads, Southern Cookie Queen. Again, over 50 vendors now serving you each and every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. The Farmer's Market will be running through the end of October, and then they'll do a special Farmer's Market for the Dickens of a Christmas coming up in November. Hernando Farmer's Market, good luck for the rest of the 2022 season. Please get out every Saturday from 8 to 1 and support the Hernando Farmer's Market. Derek, big weekend of football coming up, both in the college ranks, pro ranks. But on the podcast, we discuss three local teams, Hernando Tigers, Lewisburg Patriots, and the North Point Christian School Trojans. Let's talk about some other sports before we turn our attention to the gridiron. Trojan soccer, of course, we always start with. It was senior night for the North Point Lady Trojans, and everyone wanted to get a district win for their last regular season home game and district game for the seniors. The team came out aggressively, and it paid off with a 6-0 win. Hayden Moneymaker had two goals, Mariah Timms had two goals, Lane Purdy had a goal, and Madison Fowler had a goal. A.C. Dowdy kept the clean sheet. This is the end of the regular season for the Lady Trojans, who finished the season 7-6, and 1-5 in district, and we await the playoff bracket. Being in the lower end of district, they will have to play a play-in game to start the official playoffs. We will have information for you on that game on our Friday show. Next, Lewisburg Volleyball. Lewisburg took the court with heavy hearts on Tuesday night against city and district foe Center Hill. Lewisburg was looking to stay perfect in district and building off the big DeSoto Central win last week. The sets were close, but Lewisburg left little doubt who was the better team in this match. Lewisburg wins the match 25-20, 25-18, 25-19. For Lewisburg, Ella Grace Holloway had 13 kills, Kendall Finnamore had four blocks, and Bailey Burchette made 20 assists, 11 digs, and served three aces. Paige Easton had six kills, and Jada Bradley and Avery Thomas each had five kills. The Lady Patriots are now 13-10, 4-0 in district, and will play Thursday night against a good Bartlett squad in a non-district matchup. Hernando Volleyball. Needing only one more district win to wrap up the one seed in the bye, Hernando went out of district Tuesday for the annual in-school match against Lake Cormorant. As we mentioned on Tuesday, that match was brought to you by the UTW Podcast, and it was the first match in the last four between the two schools that did not go the full five sets. Hernando took the first set 25-19 and the second 25-15. It looked like a three-set sweep, and the students back to class early, but sensing this, the students turned against the home team to try and stretch the match out longer. It worked in the third set as Lake Cormorant came back and took that set 20-25. to However, the volleyball team must have really wanted to put away their rivals and get back to class because they won the fourth set 25-22 to take the match. Adeline Callahan, Irby Norris, and Ainsley Copeland had six kills each. Mary Catherine Couch had two aces and 22 digs. And Jaden Moore had 13 assists. Hernando is now 9-3, 5-0 in district, and will face off against South Haven tonight, Thursday night, in the last district matchup. Good luck, Lady Tigers, working to get that number one seed and the bye that comes with it. Now we're turning our attention to preview the football games for this week. 
North Point football is 3-1. and one. It's coming off a bye week and will be traveling to Millington Central Friday on their first road game of the season. Millington is 3-2 and two overall and 1-1 one and one in 3A Region 7 play. They have beaten Fayette Academy and Bolton in their last two games. Millington struggles to put points on the board, averaging just over 10 points a game, but has a pretty decent defense. If the Trojans can move the ball as they've shown they can do and maintain their improved defense, the Trojans should win this game going away. Being the first road game does matter, so I see a 35-13 victory by the Trojans. Trojans in the 30s. Millington, from what you say, they can't score. They can't score. They can't score. You can have all the defense you want to, but my gosh, if your offense can't give you something, uh, yeah, you said 35-13. I'll go 31-14 Trojans over the uh, – What's real quick, what's their mascot? Well – Matt, Matt, the mascot battle is going to be a draw. They're, they're both Trojans. Both Trojans. Okay. Both Trojans. Both Trojans. That, that, That's why I knew that the whole time. Millington <laughs> was the Trojans. So Trojan versus Trojan. Uh, we're just going to say Trojan wins and uh, yeah, move on to the next one. So, hey, look, we got that one right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going North Point. Uh, North Point's going to win that one by two or, two or more touchdowns. Yes. All right, moving to Lewisburg. Lewisburg is also coming off their bye and will welcome their first district foe to the Berg on Friday night. The Horn Lake Eagles will make the short trip across the county for the Class 6A Region 1 battle. To put it kindly, Horn Lake is having a down year. Uh, in fact, they're, they're just bad. Really? Um, they are 0-3 oh. and have been shut out twice and have only scored 13 in the other game. Yeah, you have to be able to score. <laughs> this will be a good district game for the Patriots to start on. Uh, N'Kobe Dean is not walking through that no. door. And I look for them to take care of business. Horn Lake gets a TD late, but Gunnar Gilmore leads the Patriots to a 28-7 win over the Eagles, that is my prediction. 28-7 win. As you mentioned earlier, uh, heavy hearts will be there. Uh, I, I, I predict a very well-attended game uh, for Lewisburg High School, uh, something that the school needs this tomorrow no, night. I, the school needs this tomorrow it's night. It's a rallying they, cry. Right, they, absolutely. Like, they, I, I'm they, calling a win because they should win no, this game. They, absolutely. This and, is yeah. uh, Horn Lake's walking into a buzzsaw tomorrow yeah. night. Lewisburg High School is going to uh, – a lot of emotions going to be there tomorrow night, and they're absolutely going to roll. I'm going to say Lewisburg 42-10. Oh. No, okay. no, scratch that. 42 42-6. 42-6. Because Horn Lake can't score. They can't score. It's got 42-6. And for the mascot battle royale, again, we cannot say this anymore. If you're a bird and you're not playing right. a bird, you lose. That's right. Patriots uh, want to know over the bird because, <laughs> I mean, come on. It's a bird. It's a bird. And then finally, Hernando football. Hernando is coming off an impressive 55-29 win over the Malvern Leopards and travel to South Panola for their first district game. This matchup will be tougher obviously, than the one that Lewisburg has. South Panola is 2-1 and one, with their only loss coming at Oxford by nine points. We all know that South Panola is a perennially good team, and there have been some great games the last couple of years with Hernando. South Haven will, will want to run the ball with all three games. They've had at least 40 rushes and over 200 yards per game. They usually throw the ball around eight to ten times a game, and they target five to six different receivers. So when they do throw, they are going to spread it around the field because I believe in the last two games they had at least six receivers catch a pass. Number six, D. Pertit is their leading rusher and receiver, and the Tigers are led by number three quarterback David Hubbard. This will be a great matchup again, and the Tigers will have to play a near-perfect game to come out of baseball with the win. I think they're able to do that, and I'm prediction, Matt, that the Tigers take the game – 31-28 on a field goal by Usselton in under the last two minutes. Having a good kicker is important. That's um, you know making your extra points, 
being uh, good from 40 yards in on a field goal is big, especially in the high school ranks. Um, wow, that's uh, interesting. So Tigers win. Again, let's go ahead and do the, the mascot thing, Tiger versus Tiger. It's, 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 a, it's a draw. draw. Another no, we draw. Two draws this I know. Week. We had two draws this week. Not a lot of discussion coming out of that. Whew, that's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, Hernando going to Sal Panola is it, it, never it, it, easy. It look, is never easy. The they won in the playoffs two years ago with – Two of the best players. I mean, Reed Flanagan, who's playing college. Yep. Zach Wilkie, who's leading the Southern Miss Golden Eagles right now. Starting quarterback. Right, exactly. So those two players are not walking through the door. Um, so it's it's going to be very tough to go to South Panola. I'm on, look, I picked them to win only because I doubted them okay. so badly last week. Yeah. And they just – it was a, a very impressive victory. I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt, give them a three-point victory. But, I mean, you do what you need to do. Run the ball. Uh, move the chains. Uh, don't get disgruntled if you haven't scored 50 points uh, type stuff. But move the ball. Hold on to it because Sal Panola is always, from an athletic standpoint, they're always ready to pounce. Um, let's go Hernando 24. Okay. Hernando 24, Sal Panola 22. Okay. 24-22, big win in Batesville. Uh, we'll be cheering hard for you right here. I know uh, we, we, we enjoy watching the games and everything like that. I don't know if we're going to travel uh, down to the game, but I, I would assume my son's going to go down there. So, Hernando, Lewisburg, North Point, good luck this week on the on the field. Uh, really uh, look forward to covering that on Tuesday. I hope every one of the teams that we cover get big wins coming up. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, heavy hearts in Lewisburg, but I really feel like Corn Lake is uh, – they're coming into a buzzsaw. A lot of emotion is going to be just rolled out in Lewisburg. It's going to be a great night for It's going to be a great night for Lewisburg. Look, that's the kind of stuff we do. We cover young people. We talk about speed bumps. We talk about noise (laughs) ordinances and and all those different other things right here on the podcast. Uh, Really, Derek, I I have people... No less than five people a week say, hey, I know nothing about Hernando. I don't pay anything attention about Hernando anymore because I just listen to you guys. And we really appreciate that. If you enjoy our jokes, continue to share it. Share it with friends, family, coworkers, anything like that. Again, if you hear uh, your son or daughter's name read on the podcast because they did something good on the football field or the volleyball court, share it with them. Help us continue to grow. Let more and more people know all about the UTW Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod, wherever you listen to our show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts, as I do on every show, but I'll do a little bit more special again. I mentioned it the first of the show uh, moments ago. Please go listen to OB Pod. This is the episode that you're going to want to hear. Please go listen to that. Zach worked hard. It's a very special show. Please go do that. OB Pod. Look them up today. As we do on our Friday show, I want to encourage everyone out there, please consider attending a local church this weekend. Lots of Hernando, wonderful Hernando churches all throughout the city. If you pass a church every day or uh, have been invited by numerous people or coworkers or anything like that, uh, let this Sunday be the time you take them up on that invitation and visit a local church. also want to encourage you to possibly join a Sunday school class. Derek's a Sunday school teacher. We have a wonderful Sunday school teacher, and I have a, uh, a class that I enjoy at Hernando United Methodist Church, and uh, it makes a world of difference to be involved in a community and be involved when it comes to Sunday school. School. So we want to encourage people to possibly do that. Derek, have a great weekend. Enjoy this wonderful new weather. Enjoy Oxford this weekend. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty soon.